Joined on the line now by Mohamed Nala, analyst at NetBank Capitals. Good morning, Mohamed. Morning, Sakina. Morning to the listeners. Now, all those numbers uh, that you're going to tell us more about this morning, let's start with uh, the unemployment data that came out yesterday, uh, the local unemployment data, and uh, that, of course, took the market by surprise. Yes, Akin. I mean, taking taking the market by surprise because the market had anticipated, and as I mentioned to you yesterday's show, they had anticipated uh, the number to worsen quite a bit for the second quarter. Uh, and in fact, they were they were shown that the number actually improved. So the unemployment rate in South Africa falling from 26.4% in the first quarter to 25%. Now, I can already almost see a lot of our listeners' eyes, eyebrows raising, saying, you know, how is it possible, given all of the difficulty and the job losses we've seen in this economy, how is it possible for unemployment to actually have declined? Now, remember, if you have a look at it on a statistical basis, the official unemployment number uh, would discount the amount of, of discouraged workers in the, uh, in the economy. And unfortunately, if we have a look at, at two components, one, the economically inactive population that rose by around 1.8% over the quarter and then discouraged workers also rising by around 1.6%. So if you factor those two things into into the number, you you can understand why the official unemployment number actually declined at a headline level, but it doesn't detract from the fact that we do remain or do continue to have structurally high unemployment. And just taking you through some of the numbers that that concern me quite materially is that if you take the expanded definition, so if you take the discouraged workers back into the number, it leaves our unemployment rate at 34.9%. Now, that is that is staggeringly high uh, and potentially still understates uh, you know, a lot of the pain that, that some people still have in terms of the job market because the other fact that was quite key for us here is that of the number of people that are employed, and they broke this down on a, on a sectoral basis, on a, a segregating it, I guess, by race. And if you have a look at this, it says that the number of black employees uh, and colored employees that are employed, uh, more than 50% still don't even have a matric education. And this, I guess, ties into some of the stuff that was being discussed earlier on your show with regards to the challenges we have in our education system, with regards to the youth as well. And so youth unemployment still remaining very high, unfortunately. Uh, I, I wouldn't get too excited about this particular number. I think the headline number declining uh, unfortunately masks a lot of the deeper structural issues and we need to make sure that the, the, the workforce empower themselves to become employable for the economy of tomorrow. Mohammed, um, we'll obviously, you know, talk more about that. I'm sure, you know, those uh, statistics that came out yesterday. But uh, the other issue, uh, the other story you were tracking for us uh, was uh, what's happening in the United States. And uh, it seems as though they are still on track for a rate hike. Yes, I mean, obviously, with regards to the, the global features that, that actually underplay here, the U.S. Federal Reserve remains the key event risk to financial markets, to the RAND. Uh, they had an FOMC meeting last night. And what is very interesting is that if you have a look at some of their commentary, uh, they seem still solid gains in their, and this is their wording, they seem solid job gains in their labor market. Now, when you start seeing commentary like that from the U.S. Federal Reserve, they are really still keeping that door open for a hike in the latter part of this year. The market's going more than half the market believe, uh, myself included, that we will see a hike by the U.S. Federal Reserve at their September meeting. And so they continue to use that kind of wording. They nuance it a little bit. Some concerns, obviously, around the fact that they, they have 
a deflation problem, not an inflation problem. So they're concerned that inflation's not ticking up in their economy. Uh, and so some concern that the fact that energy prices now seem to have come under renewed pressure will erode some of the inflation. They still want inflation to tick up in their economy. They're not getting it just yet. And so that is why still the other 50%, I guess, are saying the Fed's not going to hike in September. They'll push it out. But I think they've got a strong substantive base to actually hike in September. And the knock-on impact here for us, obviously, down in South Africa, is that that may well come with a, a certain degree of pressure for emerging market currencies and economies. Yep. And then uh, today, eyes on some global and domestic uh, data releases that are uh, due out. Uh, U.S. GDP, South Africa's budget and PPI. What can we look forward to there? Yes, I mean, these are key points. Let's firstly, because we're on the U.S., let's talk of the U.S. very quickly. We've got advanced numbers for their second quarter uh, GDP coming out there, uh, and, and, the, and the market expecting that to grow by around 2.5%. That's north of where we're growing. It's why I, I continue to maintain if you're getting the U.S. at 25 and you're getting South Africa at 2%, investors are likely to, to prefer the United States just from a risk-reward basis. Uh, we then also have our own PPI numbers. PPI has been very downbeat because of obviously what we've seen with regards to commodity prices, uh, but uh, that, that is expected to obviously tick higher along with CPI as we head into the latter part of this year. And then budget numbers. I mean, uh, I wouldn't look at just a single number. This is the, the South Africa's budget numbers for June, but I, I'd like to look at the year's numbers because we've got medium-term budget coming up in October. How has South Africa done in terms of reigning in expenditure? And I must say, let's look at the number. We can unpack it tomorrow, but so far, it looks as though we've managed to constrain expenditure and revenues uh, do still continue to look reasonably, uh, I wouldn't say robust, but sustainable at this point in time. But we, we can unpack that tomorrow, Sakina. And then just a quick one, a quick uh, question for you from Twitter by uh, Dwayne Newman. Dwayne says, increase in employment number seems counterintuitive. Where is employment happening? Yeah, so, you know, that's exactly like like I discussed earlier is, is to, to Duane. Uh, this is a statistical definition. So because of the increase in terms of discouraged workers and that kind of stuff, the official number means employment is increasing. But if we very quickly just unpack it on a sectoral basis, the formal sector added 39,000 jobs in the second quarter, and some of that coming from social services, uh, trade and construction industries. Uh, however, the industries that are losing jobs, manufacturing, uh, utilities industries, all share jobs. And then interestingly enough, the informal sector created 177,000 jobs in the second quarter. So that's kind of how the breakdown comes through. If Dwayne is interested, I mean, he can have a look at the Statuse website. And then also, you know, we put out our note, uh, which I'll, I'll happily then just put a link out later during the day, uh, and the guys can pick it up off your Twitter feed.